So tonight we're going to talk about um, the power of blood. And um, to help you understand, I'm going to give you a nice education for many of you. You've never heard anything about the blood of Jesus. It is not a topic that is preached a lot. It's interesting that the thing that gives you the most power is the thing that people are least excited to preach about. Um, and that's sometimes done by divine, demonic agenda. But uh, so let's jump into this. And I think you are going to have a completely different a viewpoint about blood. How many of you know it might be simple by the time we're done and going a whole nother way? So I think you'll be blessed by it. So, uh, and that's the thing is, blood is a very, very mysterious and powerful force. Um, in Genesis chapter 4, 8 through 11, it says, One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother. Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed up your brother's blood. And so, one of the things that you're going to find when you get to heaven is that the things that are around you um, that you think are dead are actually living. Um, they're very, very much living. Uh, God can see what is living, even though in this dimension of time, because of everything that's happened with sin, we can't see it. Jesus would make statements like, oh, he said, you don't have to sing. You don't have to shout. He said, because if you shut your mouth, he said, those rocks will cry out. That wasn't a figurative or a symbolic statement. He literally meant that when you get to heaven. One of the things that's going to blow your mind is when you see just how much everything has life in it. I told you about the young gentleman that uh, he was kind of in a, I don't want to say an arrogant way, but in a facetious way. He was like, Lord, if you really exist, show me something. Don't ask the Lord that question. I'll learn that. If you ask the Lord those type of questions, let me see something, show me something, you better be ready. <laughs> okay. You better be ready. And so uh, he was sitting in the parking lot and he said, uh, he was just sitting there in his car and all of a sudden he said, he was looking out the front window and the air opened up. And he said, Jesus Christ stepped through. And he said, when he stepped through this portal that opened up in the air, he stepped through. And he said, everything around you took upon its true nature. He said, everything became alive. He said, the trees start singing. He said, all of the trees bent over and created a platform for Jesus to walk on. And he said, he said the gas, he said the air, he said the cell phone frequencies, everything came alive. And it was all praising Jesus for who he is because they recognized that the one that created them actually stepped into the realm where it was. And he said everything began to sing, everything took on a different nature. He said for one thing, he said the metal in the car that he was in, he said, but you know how you can crush a metal can? He said the metal, the closer Jesus walked, the metal began to bend back. He said everything was worshiping Jesus. He said, but the metal had a voice and it was begging Jesus to have mercy. You remember in that scripture that says that when God appeared, it said that the whole planet tried to run. That's how glorious our God is. And so, so everything has uh, uh, a living, it's, it's living. And so one of the things that is the most living is blood. 
Um, it's hard for us to comprehend this, that what is running through your veins is actually a living nature and can speak and is more intelligent than you. So much so when this man was killed, when his blood ran out on the ground, it says the blood cried out to God and says, where's my revenge? You see another one in 1 John chapter 5, 7 through 8 in the Amplified Version. It says, so there are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Then there are three witnesses on planet Earth, the Spirit, the, or the human spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree are in unison, and their testimony coincides. Okay? Now, notice it said that they are three witnesses. Now, even though you're looking at my physical exterior, you're listening to my spirit speak through my vocal cords. So you don't see me, you see the glove that I'm in. You don't see me, you see the house that I'm in, because my spirit has the ability to speak. Well, water, you'll find this when you get to heaven a lot, that the water will communicate with you. You will find that when you're walking around heaven, the water will take on different shapes and talk to you like a living being. It'll look like a person. It'll look like other beings. That's a whole other thing. But how many of you know, it's the reason why the word of God, which is words, is referred to as water because water speaks. And then you also have blood, blood, which we read in a previous passage, blood also speaks. Okay? And so I want to, uh, so I'll just put out a couple to keep it a little bit simple. Um, so blood is very, very mysterious because I want to answer the question for you as to why witches use it and why in witchcraft and the occult is always centered around blood. Around. Let me say this up front. Not all witches, wizards and warlocks and people in the occult use blood. The low level witches are afraid to do it. So if I run into one, my first question is always, do you use blood? They ain't going to tell you the truth. In most cases, I'm real bold and arrogant. Like, Absolutely. But, uh, but if they don't use blood, then I know they're low level. But if a witch says that we do have blood in our ceremonies and we drink it, then I know, okay, you got a little bit of power. Now, you're still a mosquito compared to me, but you got a little bit of power. You understand what I'm saying? So Deuteronomy chapter 12, I'm going to help you understand why they use blood. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 23. It says, but never consume the blood, for the blood is the life. So even in the animals, the blood of animals has a supernatural life force. And you must not consume the lifeblood with the meat. Instead, pour out the blood on the ground like water. Do not consume the blood so that all may go well with you and your children after you because you will be doing what pleases the Lord. Now, again, let me add this. That does not mean, okay, that if you got a little bit of blood on your stake, now all of a sudden you're the Antichrist. No. When you read it, you don't have to read it carefully. He's saying drinking blood you see as we go through this these people would drink blood okay today fully in the occult witches and covens even the satanic temple they drink blood and they eat physical animals and human beings um it's very wicked what is going on and it's not just an isolated case this is all over the place okay so there is a life force in blood that is so strong that the blood of animals was used as a temporary sacrifice until jesus showed up that's how strong how many know that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice? But until Jesus showed up, God needed some type of remedy that could kind of appease things and hold it down. And the life force that is in animals is so strong that God used animals as a sacrifice until Jesus came. And so there, I'm going to just read a particular ceremony in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 15. 
This is a particular ceremony that was done once a year in this particular case. <clears throat> it says, hold on, let me get myself a little. It says, then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering. This is the reason why in a dream, if the Lord shows you that you a goat, that's not a good thing. Because goats are referred to sin and lambs are referred to as righteousness. It says, the first goat is as a sin offering for the people. Carry its blood behind the inner curtain of the temple. There he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it just as he did with the, blood, but the bull's blood. Through this process, he will purify the most holy place. Now think about that. The life force in an animal is so strong, it could give temporary purity to the most holy place when it came to the tabernacle. And he will do the same to the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebellion of the Israelites. No one else is allowed inside the tabernacle when Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony in the most holy place. No one may enter until he comes out again after purifying himself first, then his family, and then all the congregation of Israel, making them right with the Lord. And then Aaron will come out to purify the altar that stands before the Lord. He will do this by taking some of the blood from the bull and the goat and putting it on each of the horns of the altar. Then he must sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times over the altar. This is a formula that God was using to stop the force of sin until Jesus showed up. We have no idea why you get to heaven and find that out. What verse am I in? Then he must sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times over the altar. In this way, he will cleanse it from, he will cleanse it from Israel's defilement and make it holy. When Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar, he must present the live goat. So one goat was living, the other one was dead. He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sin to the head of the goat. That's another level teaching right there. The law of transfer. Okay. How many of you have been in a situation where you, you woke up happy, you ran into one person that day and you were depressed? Yeah, that's the law of transfer. They transfer their depression over to you. They leave, they leave free, now you heavy. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Ooh, I want to say... Never mind. Do y'all remember Devon? Oh, there it. We were talking about this Thursday, about that. Um, there were some of you will remember. Y'all know. Remember, there are things that happen in planet Earth, like this marathon that just happened that I taught on. That it's not just a marathon. That was the Lord speaking. That was something mysterious and wonderful behind that. You also have negative events that are doing the same thing. Years ago, I don't know what year, there was a baseball game in New York City. And, 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 and they were winning that game. I believe it was the World Series. They were winning that game. And, and the pitcher threw the ball and the guy hit it. And there was a gentleman very, at the very edge of the stadium in the backfield. And instead of him, let, it looked like it was going to be a home run. And instead of him letting the fall, ball fall, he reached over and grabbed it. And the whole planet turned on him. The man actually went into hiding. We don't know where he is now. That was, the, the, I hate to say this, but the Lord was showing us the example of a scapegoat. Where everybody turned their vengeance and their judgment to that one man. And everybody literally put their anger and their venom and their rage in that one man. So much so he had to go out there in the wilderness, can't be found. 
So that's how that happens is that the, you had one goat that was killed and they uh, confessed, you know, he was for forgiveness of sins. Okay. And then you had another one that was living. But I just wanted to show you the power of blood and how this thing was killed. And it was a temporary appeasement for the sins of like three million people. Okay. So I just I wrote this down here. The high priest was take was to take two male goats for a sin offering. One of the goats was sacrificed as a sin offering for the people of Israel, while the other goat was released into the wilderness. The sin offering goat provided forgiveness, while the other goat sent into the wilderness provided the removal of sin. Animal sacrifices were commanded by God so that the individual could experience forgiveness of sin. The animal served as a substitute and since the animal had done no wrong and was innocent, the animal died in place of the sinner, but only temporarily, which is why the sacrifices needed to be over and over and over again. So the reason Jesus is called the Lamb of God and the eternal sacrifice is because he also did no wrong and was innocent, but was willing to give of himself to die for the sins of mankind. And he only needed to do this once. So you see the comparison. Okay. So, but that's how powerful uh, blood can be. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 18. Do this other long passage and I'll get to the point. Talking about Jesus. It says, that is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. <laughs> For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of cows and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. Now think about that. Animal's blood has a life force in it that will give a temporary purification. Y'all follow me so far? I'm going slow so you can understand this. Hey. What verse am I in? <laughs> 20. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Mm, mm, mm. That's why you can't get to heaven unless you accept Jesus Christ. Because he just told you that's a mystery right there. There's a law in the spirit that says the only way you can be forgiven if his blood is shed. First thing God had to do in order to forgive Adam and Eve, he had to kill an animal and give him clothes. <clears throat> that is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of an animal. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Okay. 
So I'm going slow because it's an education about the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the most important subject for you to understand everything. Okay. But there is a the Bible said that you cannot drink the blood, period, of animals, let alone humans, even though they were doing that back then, too. You cannot drink the blood of animals because there is a life force. It's very mysterious. I'm just giving you the basics. I don't have the full, totally revelation. We'll get that on the other side. But what I do know is God said, do not drink the blood of animals because there is a life force in that animal. And the life is in the blood. We read that. And that life that is in particularly innocent blood. If the animal has, because you know what? There, there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about what to do if an animal sins. For example, it says, if your neighbor is, is gored by a bull, it says you have to kill the bull because the animal sinned, so judgment had to come against the animal. <laughs> Got to read the Bible, y'all. I need to read it myself, but you get to read the Bible. Okay. And so, so the animals, because of the, there was a purity to a certain degree in the blood of animals that would allow a temporary reprieve or a temporary purity, but then it would wear off. And then you have to do it again, and then it would wear off. You had to do it again, and then it would wear off. Okay? And so, by the way, how many of you know that Abraham, God told Abraham, now, I need you to take your only son, your firstborn son, the one that is a promise, and I need you to kill him for me. And remember, he went out there, got ready to kill his son. Um, and he said, the Bible says that he could only do that because he envisioned the Lord raising him from the dead. He had a revelation. You never lose with God, even though it seems like it. Never think you're losing something because God gives tell you to give some up. No, he's setting you up for a blessing because he doesn't need anything, including milk. Anyway, he asked the man to kill the son, and that is the only reason because he was willing to kill his son. It was symbolic. When he found a man who was willing to kill his firstborn son, God said, that was what we needed for me to send my firstborn son. If a man was unwilling to do it in planet Earth, then God couldn't do it from heaven. That's why he's searching for a man to be able to do certain things. Bible said God was frustrated one time because he wanted to do something, but he couldn't find an intercessor. So he said, fine, I'll do it myself. So this is a little bit slightly cut different in that regards, but that's the reason why he had Abraham did do that. It was all symbolic. The same way that the tabernacle spoke of heavenly things, Abraham killing his firstborn son also spoke of heavenly things. So, and then Jesus made a strange statement, and many of you know, if you've heard me say that Jesus made a statement in the Bible, and after this, it said a large number of disciples no longer walk with him. Let me tell you something. That's one thing I have to learn as a leader. You're going to make some statements that people are going to swear up and down that you're the devil, and they will leave you, okay? And, um, you know, when I, when I, never mind. Let's just read this strange statement that Jesus made. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. How many of you know that's nasty in the natural? I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the natural manna, but will live forever. Now, what's very interesting about this statement 
Jesus made the statement so that the disciples that weren't supposed to be with him would leave. When you go read the rest of this, it says a large number of disciples all of a sudden left him because they got offended with that statement. And then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, he didn't say, oh, y'all, please don't leave me. Y'all the ones that pick, I, I picked y'all after praying all night. He didn't say that. Just said, Jesus turned to the disciples and said, y'all leaving too? And then one of them said, no, when are we going to go? <laughs> you got the words of eternal life. Okay? But the point that I'm making is, is that that's a strong statement. That statement is what the witchcraft and the occult and the wizards have taken as literal in order to empower themselves. I'm going to share something with you, and I'll make the statement now that maybe none of you have ever never heard before. The reason why witches drink blood is because the purity of innocent blood empowers them for a while. It empowers them. Think about it. The blood would purify things. It empowers them. That's why they always got to have blood. That's the reason why I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the reason why nowhere in the Bible do you see anything associated with witchcraft and them giving sacrifice of humans. It was always babies. Because human blood is already tainted. This is going to sound weird. I know I'm stretching it. But, the, but, the, but see, the babies ain't committed no crimes yet. The babies ain't sinned yet. The babies ain't done nothing worth being judged for yet. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying? The, you know what I'm saying? And then there's a season where, you know, with the baby, it's called, we call it the age of accountability, where there's a season where if that child dies, they go to heaven, even though they haven't accepted Jesus because they didn't know enough to reject him. So they got to get them at that age. And that is, that's why they get animals that have not committed sins. That sounds strange. And they get human beings, babies. Because that blood, let me just keep on going, finish this up. Matthew 26, 27. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood. He didn't say it was symbolic. This is a different, different teaching, deeper. He said, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark 14, 23. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drink from it. And he said unto them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice for many. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. Through 30. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Stop here before I do the rest. One of the reasons why Jesus turned water into wine was to show you what happens. Jesus turned water into wine to show you that when you took the wine as communion, it turned into his blood. Literally, I know this is a stretch for some people because they used to do religious stuff. It is literally that's the reason why in verse 25 and the rest of beyond and the rest of it, it says in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as, long, as often as you drink it for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup. You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Because when you take it, it turns into something. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you weak, sick, and some even died. 
Because when you take the communion, that's why the Bible says, don't take this if you ain't right. Because when you take this and it enters in, it becomes something in your DNA. That's the reason why I'm going to incorporate that. I learned that, actually learned that principle from Bishop Oedipo, where they take communion and they take a shot of Holy Ghost anointing oil. And I don't even want to tell you something, some of the things that are happening that's just a little too freaky deaky for me. You know, I mean, you take people, I mean, this happens on a regular basis over there at the level. They, somebody take a shot of something, they do the communion, then they do the oil, got to go to the bathroom, and then out comes a live rat or a fish or stuff like that that gets into some deeper because it's witchcraft. You know what's deep? Some of you have seen movies. Y'all remember that scene in The Matrix? Part one, when Neo had that little thing in his stomach? Yeah, when it came out, it looked different than what it really was. That stuff is all real. You cannot create anything in your mind that does not exist in another realm. I know this is a heavier teaching, and I know this is crazy, but you got to know this stuff. So because of the life force that is found in blood, witches use it to empower themselves. This is why they need animals, because they are innocent. This is why they need young children, because they are innocent. Innocent blood is a very powerful force. God said the life is in the blood. First Chronicles, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles 33, 6. Now I just pulled out two, but every time in the scripture you see witchcraft and stuff, you always see bloodshed. And you never see adults, you only see your children. Manasseh, this is a crazy king, also sacrificed his own sons. Now, why would you do something like that if you weren't going to get a benefit? And why would the people keep on doing this if they never saw a benefit from it? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Maybe y'all don't. He also sacrificed his own sons in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. He practiced sorcery, divination, witchcraft, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his angers. Every time you see witchcraft, you see kids being killed. In the Bible, every time you see witchcraft, blood is being shed. When Elijah battled those prophets, they cut themselves because they couldn't go get no kids right there, and they had to do it themselves. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 14. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter. Now, this is God talking to his own people. You would think, again, I've heard this, you would think nobody should have to tell you to not kill your kids so you can be empowered with the occult. He had to do this as a commandment to the children of Israel because they had taken up on the ways of the world the same way that the church right now is embracing abortion. Now, if you committed abortion, just ask God to forgive you. My, my wife, before she was saved, she did that. You're like, I ain't, you can judge me all you want to. God has forgiven me, cast my sins as far as the east from the west. Paul said, that's the one thing that I learned how to do. Forget the past. Paul was killing Christians and he was persecuting. Later on, I have the nerve to say, I've wronged no man. Why would you say like that? Because the man that did that was another man that's dead. This is a new man right here. If any man be in Christ, ah, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, but cold, what? All things become new. See, the new is old, ain't in between. Ain't no such thing as refurbished Christians. <laughs> what you said, hush. Okay. So he said, don't sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let your people practice fortune telling. The, the, the killing of the kids right in there with witchcraft. They were doing that to get empowered with it. 
or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers. But the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. So in scripture, you always see innocent blood intermingled with witchcraft. And not one time do you see them sacrificing adults, only children. Somebody showed me, I think Chadrick. <clears throat> Chadrick showed me an article in uh, Salem. Is it Salem, Massachusetts? Where? Yeah, they, these fools this month created a uh, Ouija board that is 3,000 square foot. They said they doing it because they want the big demons. <laughs> I wanted to send them an article. You big dummy, as Stanford and Son would say, you ain't going to get no big demons. Then how you get big demons is by creating a larger Ouija board. You might want to drink some blood or something if you need a suggestion. <laughs> Stuck on stupid. But the Bible talks about inventors of evil things. And they're they going, y'all. They're they, they going hard. Because, you know what? You know one of the things that they're doing? Well, we, how many of you know, if you don't put your child in check, they're going to take it higher. They will. How many know, some of us, if you don't put us in check, we take it higher. <laughs> okay? How many of you been driving down the road, speed limit 55, you out there on that big highway out there doing 80? Travel everybody going, what you doing 80? And they flying past you like, move out the way, son. You're going too slow. I'm taking it up to 100. And when everybody sees that police officer on the side of the road, what does everybody do? Uh, break. Putting on their seatbelt, trying to drive like a nerd. You move over to the middle lane. <laughs> trying not to look at the officer. Looking in your rearview mirror as you go past. And then what you do? Take it. Once you realize he's not coming, let's take it right back up there again. I know I'm guilty. I'm guilty all day. Okay. I'm not that bad on the streets, but I will run it up there out on the freeway. Okay. So how many know electricity is power? And you can use it the right way, or you can pervert electricity and make things that are not supposed to be made, or empower things that are not supposed to be empowered. Okay. How many know gun has power? You can use it for good, or you can use it for evil. Blood has power, and the dark side is twisting it to use the blood to empower themselves because they wouldn't use it if it didn't do anything. Okay, now how many of you know their power is still Luke 10 19 is <laughs> not more powerful than us. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Everyone say all, oh. and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, nothing will in injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk slowly. Because before I finish, I want to address something that was shared publicly years ago. Someone, one of the members called me. And I just want to make sure. <laughs> I'm going to make a statement that I'm going to leave on the recording. I'm going to make a statement that I'm not going to leave on the recording. Most of you are familiar with John Paul Jackson. Okay, I learned a lot from that man, particularly in the area of dreams and interpretation of dreams. He said he had been having dreams and interpreting them since five. Okay, but what happened was is a group of, I don't know if it was intercessors or spiritual warfare 
administrators, you know, people like to self-title them when it comes to stuff, all that type of stuff. Ain't nothing wrong, I guess. Bless you. So a few of them were, I guess, doing spiritual warfare. I don't know if it was a few or a couple, and they died. And so John Paul Jackson, I remember watching the statement that he made on his website. He came out and he said that he believes that those people died because they were fighting against demons that were uh, that heaven does not allow us to fight. And his thing was is that he taught this teaching on, you know, sticking to some realm and beyond that, don't be fooling with stuff way out there and 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 all of that. And so and so um and so he was saying that this is the reason why they died. Um now people that that brought confusion. Okay. Number one, I don't know why they died. Maybe they were fooling with Satan and they wasn't living right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember the seven sons of Sceva? Maybe the people weren't even saved. The seven sons of Sceva weren't saved. That's why the devil beat them up. It's not that they didn't have any power. It's that they weren't even in, considered to have that power. That's why the, that's why the demon said, now, Paul I know, put Paul name first. That's the equality between us and Jesus. Paul I know, Jesus I know, I don't know who y'all are because you ain't been covered by that blood. And because you have not been covered by that blood, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Therefore, the stuff running through your veins has not changed. And we can see that. Therefore, you have no right to tell us that are on another level than you what to do. And it says one demon beat up seven men, beat them up, whooped their behind, stripped them down naked. And they said they left the house bloody and naked and wounded. How I many you know that's a beat down right there? Okay. That is error. If Jesus told you, you have authority, or, the Bible I read said all. Did he say anything about, uh, you know, not the ones on the east side? You know, not the ones on the north side? Did he say, you know, be careful about the, the 13th dimension? Did he say none of that, did it? He said, I give you authority over them all, including Satan himself. All means all. What's left after all? Thank you. So once you then change the scripture and say, that's not true, there are some out there that can get you, so be careful. Now nobody's doing it in faith, they're doing it in fear. All for something that's not even true. And because guess what? If they are out there and they can't be conquered, you don't even know which ones they are. How would you know if they showed up? How many know Jesus don't have to do nothing? Why? How many know Jesus can, can kick any devil's butt? So why is he going to redeem you and say, I'm your firstborn brother? You are now the same as me. I'm a son of God. You a son of God. I'm a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. I'm a, I'm a priest. You a, I'm a high priest. You a high priest. Are you a, I'm a Lord. You a Lord. I'm a king. You a king. He's going to make us just like him. Firstborn of many brethren, but we can't do what he can do. Because if you can't conquer any demon on the 14th dimension, on the third sky, square root, part of the east side, north side, then it means Jesus can't. And that's the worst reminder when we cast out demons. That's the, that's the one thing they can't deal with is when you bring up the blood of Jesus Christ. Because they know that blood is the reason why you can stand there and talk about them and their mama. So let's just look at, just roll through these. These are the benefits of it, of the blood that Jesus shed for you. Acts 20, 28. Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased 
with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Romans 5, 9. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Everybody say amen to that. Okay. So he purchased you with that blood. That blood made you right. You couldn't become right. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that blood made you right. It made you more right than you realized you were. Because you were still thinking about all of the stuff that you did. And God said, nope, now that you have accepted my Lord, my, my son, you are just like him. You are made righteous. He is righteous, therefore you are righteous. I am holy, therefore you're supposed to be. But we can't attack no demon on the 13th dimension. On the east side. That's what, man. Ephesians 2.13. But now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the blood of Jesus Christ, because it was shed, instead of you being far away, now you're close as possible. So much so, God said, you so close, you can kick the dough in and enter into my throne boldly and ask for grace to help in time of need. I know when you were a kid, you didn't go boldly in your parents' house. Did what my kids do. God said, you ain't got to do that. That's your parents. I'm a different parent. With me, my door is always open. Come in arrogantly. Why? Because you're my son and you have a joint inheritance with me. And Jesus said, for those that overcome, they're going to sit with me in my throne. But I'm supposed to be scared of something. You know, I, I'm going to find a way to put this and change the terminology on Facebook. This is one of my favorite quotes. I really hate that it came out the movie called Hellboy. This shouldn't have been a quote. It's one of my favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes of all time is, there are some things that go bump in the night, but we are the ones that bump back. Got to figure out a way to rechange that. So nobody's saying, that's hell, boy. That ain't come for you. I'm going to figure out how to change it. Because that's the truth. I mean, you know, there's some stuff that talks in the night. And we're the ones to talk right back. Colossians 1.13, Amplified. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his son the son of love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. So not only are your sins forgiven because of that blood, but God, y'all, you got to understand what, see, we take this stuff to religion. God said, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, okay, he said, we took you out of the domain of darkness and we placed you in heaven so your body might be on planet earth but the real you has the ability to be in two places at the same time like the holy yeah you're ready for that one. when you get to heaven how you can reduplicate yourself that's why the scripture says as Jesus is in heaven so are you in planet earth but I can't attack no demon on the 14th dimension how many know Jesus in heaven and he can attack a demon on the 14th dimension? Would you agree with that? So you got to make a mockery when people come up with these erroneous doctrines. Y'all look at me like, just please stop before you go to the 17th dimension. <laughs> We're almost done. Just got to come. Colossians 1.20. 
Through him, God reconciled everything to himself, and he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Hebrews 12, 24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks, watch this, the sprinkled blood of Jesus, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So every time you ask the Lord to forgive you, the blood speaks. And the only thing it says is, you got to forgive them. That's my purpose. The reason I was shed is so that you can get, honor their request. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says, God would be faithful and just. God considers himself unfaithful and unjust if he, if he does not respect the wishes of the blood. So when he forgives you, it ain't even about you. It's about the blood. Two more. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. It's one of my favorite. Read it slow. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. He the first one. There's some other ones in here I'm looking at right now. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And have made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay. What happens when you give your life to Christ? They take your spirit, man. You can't see any of this. Sometimes you feel it. It happens in less than a millisecond. When you, as soon as you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, they take your spirit and they actually dip it in that blood. And, and when they dip you in that blood, you die. When they bring you back up, you're a different person. It's the only blood, you know, like Jesse the Planet said, we're the only army that when we kill you, you live instead of die. And I thought this was so powerful. I had to put here, in my closing, so always remember the blood when you're in a situation, you know, because I thought this was so powerful that the Holy Ghost gave me. He said, everything you will ever need is already paid for by the blood. If it was expensive enough to buy you, surely it is expensive enough to buy what you need. <laughs> That blood is very expensive. It's the actual blood of a God. And it's innocent and it's pure. It's so pure and it's so expensive, they only had to shed it one time. And when they shed it one time, it went into the past and it went to the future and it covered every single person that had been born, was born, and would ever be born. That's how powerful that blood is. And, and so that blood, the thing I have to give you to understand is that was the price they paid for you. So you are already paid for. You ain't becoming nothing. You already are. How many of y'all buy a TV that ain't done yet? <laughs> Some of my stuff is hilarious. So, last scripture. It's already done. Except for what you know. First Peter 
Second Peter, I'm sorry. One, two through three, King James. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has already given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Hey. So God has already given you the victory, but it's through knowledge. How many know that every single person, every single demon and whatever human spirit that we cast out of people, okay, we already had the victory before the person showed up, but that victory was gained because of what we knew. Once we knew, it was through the knowledge that we had the ability to do what we already had the ability to do. And so you have to, and that's why the Lord wants you to ask questions. You have to seek the Lord. Lord, why is this not working? Lord, this is working this particular way, but it must be a better way. It must be a faster way. But we kind of been taught that, that you know, it's, it's, it's religious. And you can't be going to God questioning him like that. He's a question answering God. You can question God about anything. And sometimes we don't like to question God because we might be afraid of the answer. I have to be totally honest with you. There have been times I didn't want to question God about stuff because I did not want to hear the answer. I was afraid to hear the answer because I was pretty sure that the answer was going to have something to do with my wretchedness and my raggediness and my foolishness and my laziness. I ain't talking about y'all. I'm doing some jumping jacks up in this piece. You know, but the Bible says God only chastises that which he loves. And that's the one thing is understanding the nature and character of your Heavenly Father. The church is nowhere near where it's supposed to be because she doesn't understand the price that was paid for her. You get a revelation of the price that is paid for you. I mean, it's you get a revelation of, let me get this right, I am so expensive that God himself had to pay for me with his life. See, you got to, I'm going to just throw, because I'm, I'm done. I'm, no more scriptures. It's 8, 13. Let me give you two more minutes. But when you get a revelation that, okay, I mean, just think about this real slowly for a moment. God himself had to send his son because that's the only thing in the universe that could buy me back. And he had to shed his innocent blood, and it's the ultimate living force. And that force is so strong that it can save anybody for eternity. And, and, and what Jesus did for me and the cost to buy me was that expensive because of what it would turn me into. Okay? So I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a, I mean, when y'all, come on. You know, typically we give people a couple of labels. You know, they put you in the category, well, I'm Mexican. You know, I'm white, I'm, I'm black, I'm Russian. You know, they got all this, they put you into that one category, you know, or Democrat or Republican, or East side, West side, and, you know. And, and you know, people kind of sometimes feel more important when they get a degree because, well, you know, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. People are into the status. I'm not saying necessarily anything wrong with that unless you think you're better than somebody. You know, but I want you to think, as I close, about the title that God put on the ones that he bought back. First of all, son of God was good enough for me. Y'all know what I'm saying? But son of God, Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. And I mean, everything from lords 
He is the prince of the kings of the earth, more than conquerors. I mean, that I can't even think right now. Y'all know what I'm saying. If the list is so long. I mean, he said, I made you righteous. You're not, you're not becoming righteous. I made you righteous. Then he said, I made you holy. He said, Jesus became poor so that you can be rich. So we call you rich. The another scripture said that we call you strong. That's why he said, let the weak say. He said, because everything you're saying ain't what we paid for. And, and, and how many know when you, how many know it look, it don't look right if you got on a $10,000 suit and you in a $2,000 car. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't be buying no $700,000 house and all your furniture come from big lots. Y'all know, know what I'm saying. Yo, how many know that, 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 that when you see somebody in a Rolls Royce, you expect them to be dressed like somebody that has enough money to buy a Rolls Royce? When you see somebody with a million dollar house, you expect the furniture in there to match the exterior of the house. And you expect the cars in the driveway. You expect the bank account, everything. So think about all of the labels that God has called you, and you're supposed to live low? We don't believe in prosperity. You on your own with that, Doc. Because the last time, I learned, last time I checked, kings lives in palaces. Kings have real nice clothes. I ain't telling you to go into debt for it. That's some foolishness. I ain't into that. Fake it until you make it. No, just keep on working the princes of God until you make it. Confess it until you make it. Don't be faking it. Oh, Lord. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, God seems to understand something that you don't. We paid for y'all. And you're so valuable. In my father's house are many mansions. We ain't talking about his neighborhood. That's just his house. God's house is so big, all his children's rooms fit in his house. And my father's house are many mansions. And this is all stuff the Lord has told me. We, you got to think very, very big when it comes to them, and you still can't keep up. Okay? You're so expensive. Yeah, we just need you to be faithful. You're so expensive that we, we have a mansion for you. You're so expensive that you'll be allowed to sit in my throne with me. You're so expensive that I have to share my inheritance with all y'all. You're so expensive that y'all, my father said that y'all got to rule and reign with me forever. So the devil calls you cheap, God calls you expensive. That's what he convinced Adam and Eve to do, sell out cheap. Somebody had to come back and buy them expensive. And that's the power that's in the blood. So when you run into those things, that's why when we, you see us say we plead the blood. So, you know, I tell people, Lay hands on your car, particularly when your kids start driving. Because, and when we mean by that, we plead the blood, it's just a slang version of saying, because of the blood that was shed, it is most expensive. It is so expensive that God has provided me bodyguards to keep this car safe, to keep my house safe. It's impossible for a plane to go down while I'm on it because of the blood. Everything is because of that blood it is so powerful that the witches are using it on a lower form to empower themselves okay but how many know we trump that we'll deal with that on friday night let's go ahead and stand